everybody. If this is your first time here, or even if you've been here before, welcome to Thrive Church. So glad that you've uh, decided to spend your Sunday morning with us today. It's a thrill when you do. And uh, if you get a chance to interact with us um, in the comments, either on YouTube or Facebook, that would be great. Hope that you're doing well. I hope that you enjoyed your your Labor Day weekend last week and that uh, you're kind of up and running, ready for the school year and all of the uh, the fun that that brings as well. Uh, we're in the in the midst of a of talking about um, an idea that came up in our our study of the new in the New Testament book of James, and we've been talking a lot recently about about emotions, <clears throat> and very specifically, you know, when when we're dealing with our emotions, how we're dealing with our emotions, because there's a lot of them going on right now. Here's the thing, here's the thing, and I've said this before, and I'm gonna to continue to, to, to say this. If you are feeling like something's off, just emotionally, just internally, with the pandemic and the lockdown and all of the things that are going on, look, here's, here's what you need to know. That's normal. And there's, there's no reason to feel bad about feeling like something's off, because a lot of people actually are and um, you're in good company so keep that in mind that what your experience isn't necessarily unique and it doesn't make you weird it it's normal um, for human beings to experience things like this you know between five six maybe seven months after um, a major trauma like like a lockdown so keep that keep that in mind um, over the last couple of weeks we've looked at uh, depression at least situational depression uh, it's a it's a, a type of sadness. Um, it's a, an acute sadness, I would say. And then we also looked at at anger and um, how that affects us, and and um, you know what the Bible says about these these emotions that God gave us, and and how we can deal with them appropriately and effectively. And today we're going to shift our attention to anxiety, uh, kind of the <laughs> the third. Um, piece of this that that came up in our study in James. Uh, anxiety is is a type of fear. Um, it's a degree of fear, I should say, and uh, it signals uncertainty. And so, if there's things in your life that you're uncertain about, it's very normal for you to feel a certain amount of of anxiety to it. And so, we're going to talk about that today. Um, just recently, uh, just in the last couple of days, I, I realized that I was experiencing some, some anxiety. Um, I was trying to spend some time uh, with Jesus a couple of days ago, and um, as I was you know, just kind of talking to him and journaling about things, uh, certain issues kept bubbling up to the surface, things like pandemic and um, politics and economics. Oh my, right? Hmm. You know, I've been reading some things about um, the vaccines that are coming out related to uh, COVID-19, and it just raised so many questions for me about the process and about the effectiveness and about uh, a bunch of other things related to that. And of course, right now, I think politically speaking, whoever wins in November, the whole process is going to be messy. I, I don't see how it's not going to be messy at this point. And I would encourage everybody, uh, part of the Thrive Church family, is to probably um, take some steps to <clears throat> prepare for uh, a period of time after 
after the election, um, you might want to stock up on some food, some groceries. Uh, you may want to stock up on toilet paper and and uh, paper towels and those kinds of things that, that we use in our homes um, because who knows what, what kind of disruption will occur. So uh, I'm not trying to you know add to your anxiety but i think it would be very prudent for people to do that and if i'm wrong that's fine you know you get a few extra groceries in uh in the in the pantry so go ahead and invite your neighbors over you know have a cookout socially distance of course right uh and then economically i just was kind of going in my mind um over some of the things that i've read that the federal reserve the policy that the federal reserve has taken recently i think it's troublesome and it it gives me a certain amount of anxiety. And as I was spending time with with, with Jesus about it, it kind of came up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm feeling some anxiousness about um, about the next couple of months. <clears throat> and I'm seeing it and I'm hearing it everywhere. I'm sure that you are probably too. And I keep turning these things over in my mind, you know, over and over, just kind of wondering what's the next step? How should we be ready for these types of things? And and wondering, a lot of wondering. And so, so the question is then, what do we do with that? When we have a certain amount of anxiety in our lives, what are we supposed to do with that emotion? Because it's signaling the uncertainty. And, and what, what do we do, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, how do you handle anxiety? Now, again, I'm not talking necessarily about um, a clinical anxiety, like we were talking about clinical depression, but uh, that's not what I'm talking about. This is very situational when you're experiencing a particular emotion based on your set of circumstances that's causing a certain amount of fear. Um, What do we do with with that emotion? Well, here's a thought from one of Jesus' disciples, um, Peter, in his his letter uh, in the New Testament, 1 Peter. Uh, We're gonna be looking at chapter five, and I just wanna share this uh, very briefly. it's It's a short verse, but I think there's a lot to it. Here it is. Peter writes to his audience, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, before we get too deep with this particular passage, I think it would, um, it would be helpful for us to have some type of understanding um, of the, the biblical notion of anxiety and specifically the word that's being used here, uh, the, the Greek word uh, for anxiety, how, how it gets translated. Well, it turns out that the same word is used in one of Jesus' more famous parables. And I think that it'll give us some insight here, uh, help us to understand this a little bit more. Now, you probably have, have heard this parable. Uh, Jesus is explaining or uh, telling this to a group of people and he talks about a farmer who is sowing seeds. And uh, it's often called the parable of the seeds or the parable of the soils, depending on uh, what Sunday school class you went to as you were growing up. But, but it, he's, he's talking about a farmer sowing seeds and how those seeds uh, interact with the various soils. And you know the, the story. You know, some of the seeds are successful, some of them are not. And and he has to explain it to his disciples because they don't quite get it right away. And so he pulls them off to the side and he explains it to them. 
And so in his explanation to the disciples, he says this. Let's, let's pick this up in Mark chapter 4. He said, still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, because the sower, the farmer, is sowing the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires, uh, desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Now, it turns out that the word for worry here is the same word for anxiety in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 7. And it's um, marimna is the word, if you want to know, marimna. Not marimba, that's not a musical instrument. This is marimna, and it, it's, um, it has a very interesting kind of background to it. And I think this, this is important because embedded in that word is the idea of being pulled in many directions. So think about that for a moment. Like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries, the uh, being pulled in many directions of this life mm, makes it unfruitful. You know, same thing. You know, cast all of your stuff that pulls you in many directions on him because he cares for you, right? Have you felt that way? I know that I have. I mean, even when I was, you know, kind of going through, you know, my own process and when I was, you know, talking with Jesus just a couple of days ago about these big things, you feel like you've got to deal with all of them at the same time. And it's frankly a tool that the enemy uses. Because here's the thing. If you've got all these things that you feel like you have to deal with, if it's pulling at you in multiple directions all at the same moment in time, you feel like you must handle each and every one of them. And the truth of the matter is you don't. But because you feel that way, you end up dealing with none of it. And you end up staying out of the game. You quit the field of battle. Choose your metaphor. But that's what happens to us. It freezes us. We're, we're not able to deal with all of those things at the same time. And so we end up doing nothing, which in turn builds more anxiety, right? Because it's one more thing that you can't keep track of. So we have this, this phrase here, this word, marimna carries with it this idea of being pulled in multiple directions. Yeah, that, that's anxiousness. That's anxiety. That's, that's how we often feel. Now, notice that there's a little addendum here as well. There's um, something that Jesus adds um, to anxiety, and it's the deceitfulness of wealth. And I, I got to admit, I puzzled over this one for a long time. Why would Jesus choose to mention this here? It just seems strange to me. You know, why would he make a comment about money and wealth when he's talking about anxiety? And then it hit me. Um, if you really think about it, when we're uncertain, we are more than willing to throw money at that problem in order to feel some stability. Think about that. When things are uncertain, when things are um, a bit rocky, it's very easy to want to throw money at a problem. Try to stabilize things. Let me see if I can illustrate this a little more practically. If something happened to your spouse or to your kids or another one of your family members, uh, either an injury or an illness, do you really care how much money it costs to help them? The answer, of course, is no. 
I mean, obviously you're going to worry about costs and whatnot, but it's not going to keep you from, from seeking treatment or helping your loved one seek treatment. And you, can, you can see where, where it's, it's an easy thing for human beings to do. And so when we're pulled in many directions, um, we will rely on wealth. It's one of the, the choices that we make. And what Jesus says, and I think this is important for us to realize, is that will choke the word. So the sower, this farmer, is sowing seeds. And Jesus says it's like the person who is sowing the word of God. Not the gospel, not the good news, but the word of God. And so we have anxiety and the deceitfulness of wealth will choke out the word. And I, I, I read that and I, I said, Lord, what, what word is that? I'm not, I'm not really sure that I, I understood how all that fit together. And maybe we could go back to 1 Peter chapter 5. You know, here it is. Cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. That's the word. He cares about what, what happens to you. Now, that doesn't mean that everything is going to work out the way you want it to or the way you think that it should work out. But that doesn't change the fact that God cares about what happens to each and every one of us. And I think we lose sight of this fundamental truth when we're faced with anxiety. God cares about you. Because when you're pulled in multiple directions, how could God care about me? I can't even care about myself because there's so many things going on. And so consequently, we lose sight of that. God cares for you. And I think that's some truth that you need to hear today. I think we all do. Be reminded of that, especially in light of the circumstances that seem to be going on, not just individually, not just in our family or our homes, but also in our city and in our country, because things are just boiling over left and right. There's all kinds of depression and anger and anxiety, and we're seeing it over and over and over. And so what happens is instead of casting our anxiety on the one who actually cares for us, what do we do? Well... We try, to cover, we try to cover the anxiety over with our own resources. And when we try to do that, we become spiritually vulnerable. Ultimately, we miss what's actually happening. Um, back to 1 Peter, if you, um, n- not just chapter 7, but moving on to, to verse 8 and 9, Peter says, be alert and sober-minded and of sober mind. Be alert and sober-minded. Pay attention. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. Hmm. When we choose to cover over the anxiety with our own resources, we become spiritually vulnerable because the enemy is looking and probing for weaknesses. And when we're pulled in many directions, it chokes out the word. And what we do ultimately is miss the attack that's coming. Anything that can pull our attention off of God 
put our attention on our own problems and our own resources, and we end up losing that kind of spiritual connection. And, I, and I'm seeing this, and you probably are too, people being devoured. They're snapping at their spouses. They're snapping at their kids. They're snapping at their neighbors. Uh, they're, you know, taking up arms against each other in many, uh, many circumstances. I, I'm just saying, regardless of where you are politically, we are seeing this play out on a national level. We are seeing anger and depression and anxiety uh, literally pulling our country in multiple directions, as well as our own lives. So this is happening on a variety of, of different levels, personally, socially, and even publicly. We become spiritually vulnerable from that. And so what he, what he tells us, Peter says uh, to us, is that we are to stand firm in the faith. And that faith, that faith is that God cares about us. So stand firm in the faith, in the truth that God cares about you. So you have to be alert. You have to recognize what's going on. It's not just about me and my emotions. There are more things in play here. There's a spiritual dimension to this. And if you're a follower of Jesus, it's your job to point that out. It's your job to deal with that spiritual reality, not just the physical reality. So here we are dealing with those things. Be alert. Be sober-minded. Understand what's happening here and the steps that you can take uh, to help alleviate some of that pressure, some of that anxiety, and to stand firm in the faith that God cares about you, about what happens to you, what happens to your neighbor, what happens to the, your family and the people around you. You know, uh, there's one other thing here that I think deserves a bit of attention. I want you to notice very specifically that Jesus does not condemn wealth. And he talks about the deceitfulness of wealth. Um, the deceitfulness is we actually believe that the wealth can make the problem go away. Well, that's not necessarily the case, but he's not condemning wealth. In fact, um, I think God is the source of your resources, right, of your wealth. And so we should, uh, you know, use what we have to help alleviate the problem. But this becomes a question of priority. And this is the thing that I think you really need to hear. <sighs> It's, it's a, a question of the order in which you put things. Cast your anxiety, then deploy your resources. Not, or don't do, the, uh, don't do this. Don't, <laughs> don't uh, throw money at your problem and hang on to your anxiety. See the difference? You want to first cast your anxiety and then deploy your resources. But don't just throw money at something and feel like you have to hang on to your, to your fear, your uncertainty. I think that's important. It's, it's faith that we cast our anxiety, that God cares. He's going to hear us. And as we deploy our resources to try to alleviate whatever that problem is, whether it's mental power, whether it's physical power, whether it's financial power, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that once you've cast your anxiety, now you can, you can um, deploy what resources you have with a certain amount of confidence. Hmm. Now, to wrap this up, I want to um, offer a couple of thoughts on, on handling anxiety. 
It's very simple. It goes kind of kind of um, along the lines of the things that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. First and foremost, you need to acknowledge the fact that you're anxious. Acknowledge your anxiousness. Um, you have to look for it and identify what what it is <laughs> that um, makes you feel uncertain. Where, where's your uncertainty? If you're feeling a certain amount of fear, can you name it? Can you name the thing that's, that's causing you to feel that way? And is there any aspect of it that you can control? If the answer is yes, you can control some of the source of your uncertainty, well, then you need to take responsibility for it. That's, that's your job. It's like, okay, I'm uncertain about how I'm going to handle. Okay, I can deal with that, that part. But if you can't control it, if it's beyond your capabilities um, to handle or beyond your resources or even beyond your authority or even it's beyond your responsibility, if, if it's any of those things, then cast your cares on the one who cares for you. You see how that works? There's a certain amount of responsibility that you have to take. But when it's beyond you, you can't control the pandemic, can't control the politics, can't control the economy. And so in those moments, for me personally, I have to say, God, you care about what happens to me and my family. Lead me, guide me, help me to take the right steps for us, for my church, for my church family, for the people that I love. See how that works? Mm. Secondly, um, just a piece of advice. Starve the source. Starve the source of your anxiety if you've identified it. <laughs> it's a real easy way to, to, to start to do this. Turn off your news and your news feeds. You don't need to be checking. Um, you don't need to be checking Facebook every hour. There's no need to. You don't need to turn on the TV and watch the 6 o'clock news every single night. I'm not suggesting that you're sticking your head in the sand and pretend like nothing's happening. I'm not, not suggesting that at all. Uh, but I recently had a friend who was um, telling me that, um, that she was afraid to watch the news. But she was also afraid to not watch the news because she might be missing out on something that she needs to know. Talk about being pulled in multiple directions. It's like, I, I, I want to watch, but I can't really watch. And I'm just saying, starve the source. Turn it off. You know, things will come up. And I believe if God cares for you and you're, and you're checking in with him, he'll allow you to see the things that you need to see over a period of time. A limit your, um, your uh, reconnecting back with the news feeds. If you want to, once a day, it's probably fine. No need to do it more than that. Starve the source if you can. And then third uh, and finally is that you need to connect with God. And we talk about the presence of God a lot here, but really it's about just reconnecting. Whether you choose to do that through journaling, whether you choose to do that through prayer, whether you choose to do that through worship, you need to go out and take a walk outside in nature, whatever it happens to be, however you connect with God, do that. And, and take those cares, take those anxieties and those worries and, and cast them upon him and just say, God, I'm feeling this way. I have identified the source of my uncertainty. Help me to process this with you. 
what's my responsibility? What do I need to leave alone? What sources do I need to starve? God, would you guide me and lead me through all of this? And I think that it sounds simple, but it's not easy. Because if you're like me, I can take my offering and put it on the altar and five minutes later, pull it right back off again, right? I can offer those anxieties up to him. I can cast them and yet yank them right back so very easily. So if you simply acknowledge and you try to starve the source and then process that with God, try to reconnect to him, um, that might get you further than you re- uh, get you a little further along um, in alleviating that that pressure that you're feeling uh, more than you realize. I truly believe that. So really, the object here is to refocus. We're trying to refocus. Um, we just simply ask God, God, you know, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to say? God, who do you want me to be in all of this? Uh, I'm feeling anxious. There's some uncertainty here. Lord, work with me. And I have to believe that he will because I know, and this is the truth, that he cares for you. Let's pray. God, thank you that you care for us. Thank you for that fundamental truth. I pray that every person who's listening right now would not allow the cares of this world, the anxiety that they're feeling, or any other emotion, choke that truth out, that they would choose to lean into you just a little bit harder because they trust you. They trust you. And that they're choosing to build their faith um, through all of this. Oh God, would you please uh, move in their lives, speak to them in a way that they'll understand and um, continue to help them build more faith and more trust in you, that other people would know that you care for them as well. pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.